This is the Ezra Podcast. We're talking Jake Paul, Tyron Woodley. And I think my take has, you know, and I, I usually get this out on a Sunday. At worst, I'll get it out on a Monday. This time I waited to Tuesday, and I'm, and I'm glad I did. Because I wanted to hear the takes. I wanted to hear if anyone was going to get to where I was going to get to, and no one got there. No one's even got close to getting there. I've heard a lot of different takes on it, but no one's really gotten where I'm going to go and what I saw from this fight. The truth is, boxing, and I, I get, you know, there's a lot of the sports, there's wrestling, you know, especially MMA, you got wrestling, you got jiu-jitsu base, you got, um, you know, you got uh, sambo, you got karate, kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, uh, muay thai. And it's just the truth is, and the same thing with the, you know, anything really where you're going to be standing up and you're going to be taking blunt strikes, that those are the hardest sports. And that's just the truth of it. And that's the most, and they're, they're, they build the toughest fighters and they build the toughest mentalities. And it takes a different kind of mindset. And I get wrestling is really hard and I get jujitsu is really hard, but you're not getting hit in the face. And you're not going to hit in the body. And you can't get your lights turned out in an instant. And I think what we saw from Tyrone Woodley, who was in good good chance, good places to do good things in this fight. It was a fight that was at a pace that he was comfortable with. It was He was able to gain any ground he wanted to gain in the ring. He was able to use any technique he wanted to use. But what you saw was fear, and you saw doubt in Tyron Woodley. And I don't think anyone's really brought that up. I don't think anyone's brought that up. The Tyron Woodley showed fear and doubt in that ring. And maybe no one wants to do that. No one wants to disrespect Tyron Woodley like that. You know, a UFC legend, MMA legend. A guy that, you know, dominated the Walsway division at one point. A guy that, you know, Ariel Hawani has in his Mount Rushmore of, of welterweights. And I could see all those things. I even thought that Tyron Willie may, may have been one of the best MMA fighters in the world at one point, at his highest point. That doesn't eliminate from what we saw. And we have to judge what we saw. We can't judge what happened or what we want to happen or what we wish had happened. Okay, he definitely lost the fight. There's no debate there. He didn't win enough rounds because he only really won one, maybe two rounds. And why was that, right? Why was the low work rate? And I get people saying, well, he's had a low work rate in MMA, right? Recently, he's had a low work rate in MMA. Well, he didn't. Not against Vicente Luque. He didn't have a low work rate. He actually blew his load early in that fight. And really, the his biggest problem in MMA was, you know, guys repeatedly getting a hold of him and taking him down. And, you know, the, taking the fight, which he didn't have the reflexes anymore, to hold them off. Right to keep them honest, that wasn't what was happening in this fight. You know, it wasn't a guy who was just like a superior stamina grappler at this point of their career to him. It wasn't. That's not what was happening. What we ha- what happened was he got hit, and he did not want to take the chances to get hit again, and he was afraid of getting his lights put out. And it wasn't that Jake Paul was dominating him, right? He was beating him on the card but he wasn't dominating him in the fight it was just that he when he went in there that they would have to trade and when they traded 
he didn't want to get that power. He, he felt that power and didn't want to feel it again. And you could see it when, when Jake Paul landed that he felt that and he didn't want it. And whatever mentality I know that we say, like, you know, wrestler hats, you know what I mean? They're just a different uh, monster and everything. It just wasn't the case in this. And it's because it's, you're not getting punched. You're not getting punched. And there's just something different when you can feel those knuckles like that. And I get it when you say, well, he got punched in May and everything like that. But he really didn't because if it was a really crazy exchange, he, he could grapple. He could take down the ground. He could do things to stop the action. He couldn't do that here. And actually, he had to initiate the action, which really tested his heart. It wasn't even him, you know, just exchanging when Jake Paul came at him. He had to initiate the action, and he did not want to do it. And it was out of fear. And I, I don't, you know, people say, who am I to call out Tyrone Woodley, right? Who am I to do it? I, I've sparred in the ring. I've been in there. I've got 10 years experience above sparring and f- fighting high-level guys. I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid to, to take the criticism that comes there. I'm going to call it like I see it. And that's what that was. And I know what that is because I've had that feeling before. He did not want that. And when he did land and positive things did happen, the cost of getting that back, he, he wasn't willing to take that chance. And I thought that the co-main event, right, when you had Yamalith Mercado, Versus Amanda Serrano. And what did I tell you about this fight? I, I called this exactly how this fight was going to play out. Amanda Serrano was going to win this fight. There was no doubt about it. She had outgunned her, outskilled her. But Yamalith was going to have the heart. And she wasn't going to stop. And she wasn't ever going to admit defeat. And she was ever not going to go for the win. And she did the opposite of what Tyron Woodley did. And she was in a worse position against a better opponent. And there was no point where she had the advantage in this fight, but yet she still went after to get the win because she had something different in her. And Tyrell Willie did not have that. And now I'm not saying Tyrell Willie never had that in his life, but he didn't have that here. Now, to speculate going forward, I would have to go back and watch all the fights and whatever. He has a lot of great wins. I don't think he was in a lot of dog fights, right? And I don't, I wouldn't necessarily call this a dog fight, but it was a point, there was moments in this fight where he had to take a chance to try to win it. Because he was, like I said, that it was just going to be a looseness problem for him in this fight. And Jake Paul was just looser. He's just looser. He is just more comfortable letting things go. It's more fluid to him. He doesn't have to think about it. He's also bigger. And that took a little bit of something off of Tyron Woodley's power. But that's exactly the way it went. So he, it, he had to initiate and take some chances to get the win here. He was not willing to do that. And it was out of not being, it was out of fear of getting knocked out. And was it out of fear of getting knocked out by Jake Paul specifically, right? Or was it out of fear of just getting hit and not having a way out of it? And if you get hurt, you're going to have to punch your way out of it and never really being in that position before. I believe it was that. And I believe that Jake Paul exposed that on him. Now, Jake Paul, to me, was the level that I always thought he was. It's not very good. But that still says a lot because you have MMA guys coming and he's beating them. And now we're going to have to like really get to cream of the cream here to figure out who could be Jake Paul from MMA in a boxing match. Now, I heard um, someone say Jorge Masvidal should be able to win that fight. I I agree with that. I think Jorge Masvidal, Masvidal should win that fight. Now, I don't think it's for sure thing. I don't think anyone's a for sure thing now in MMA to beat Jake Paul. I don't believe that. I truly don't. And... I think this touches, if you're just an MMA guy, if you're solely an MMA guy, I think it touches you the wrong way here that that's happening. I understand that you're a little sensitive about it. 
But there was a lot of disrespect to boxing from all these guys. This is Turner Willie said he could beat Canelo. He said he would knock out Canelo if he hit him. It's not the case. It's not even close to being the case. He can't even beat Jake Paul. The guy's not an experienced guy. Not a guy that grew up fighting. Uh, it's not a, 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 even a blessed fighter or a natural. He's not any of those things. He's just a guy that dedicated to the sport who's, you know, uh, a little bit better than, you know, than like the average guy, maybe. Like an average guy off the street. He's a little better than him. So th- you got to call it when, you know, when they, if a boxer guy, if a boxer, right, like James Tony went to uh, UFC and Couture destroys him, right? Why? did No one said anything different. No boxing guy. Said, we all had to own up to it, right? Y'all had to own up to it. And the MMA guys were, UFC guys, forcing that down your throat. They bring it up all the time. Well, you got to own up to this. Is that Jake Paul's not a good level. Uh, uh, he's not even a good boxer. He's not even a, a low level boxer. He's not even a top amateur. He's not anything. He's not anything. He's a Disney star, a YouTube a celebrity boxer, and he's better than Every MMA guy he's fought so far, right? And by a wide margin. I know that Tyrone Woodley had a moment in this fight, but he still was nowhere clear, close in the cards. Even if that was a split decision, it shouldn't have been. We all agree on that. And if you don't agree on that, then you're just a hater, right? But now it gets to the point where like, okay, Connor versus Jake Paul. Well, first of all, Jake Paul's huge, right? So it's not like, okay, well, Connor's going to run through him. I don't believe that. I do not believe that Connor would run through him. Because first of all, Connor's like outweighed by 40 pounds. Okay, so let's let's just get closer to size here, right? So you got Masvidal. I would say favor Masvidal, but I think that's a close fight. I think that you could see these guys look loose and doing certain things in MMA, but it is not the same thing as boxing, and this guy's proving it. And we have to the, – the one thing I told you that was going to happen from the Jake Paul, Logan Paul, is you were going to learn things because it was it was boxing at its most basic. And it's most basic, it's easier, it's easier to learn lessons from. When you do jiu-jitsu, right – if you go and teach the kids class, you will learn things, right? Because that is most basic that you didn't understand when you're trying to learn it with the 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 high, the higher um, the higher belts. You, it, it's harder to learn. But then you, you start learning things. You go teach the kids, then you're like, oh no, you're gonna do this, this, and as you're teaching them, you're learning. That's what you're watching here. You watch Jake Paul; it's the lowest level, and you get a lot of lessons from it. And we got the Nate Robinson lesson, right? Was it, everyone always said if you know a high level athlete like a basketball player or an NFL wide receiver or something like that came to boxing, would he dominate, right? If he because he because he's more athletic and he just went to these sports because more money. Oh, he got he got knocked out by Jake Paul, right? That was a lesson learned there. And then you had the whole thing with the smothering technique of a wrestler. He, he's going to smother him, and that should work at least on Jake Paul, right? And then this guy's you know he knows how to win. The wrestler knows how to win, and Jake Paul doesn't know how to win. He knocks him out in the first round. So the guy didn't know how to win. Okay, there was a different sport. He'd, this guy was not built for this. And he wasn't even athletic enough to be good at boxing. Now we got Tyron Woodley. And he's like, he's explosive. He's an explosive athlete. He's an actual, you know, can stand up. He's not just the thing. And he's a high-level stand-up in MMA. He knocked out everyone. No, he got schooled. It wasn't even close. The fight wasn't even close. And then Jake Paul didn't even look good in a fight that he schooled him in. So there's lessons to be learned here. It's the lowest level of something. There's lessons to be learned here. Even in the Logan Paul Mayweather fight, we learned that, yes, the size advantage is a huge thing. It is a huge thing. Now, did Logan Paul do good in that fight? No. Was he successful in any way? He may have landed a punch here and there, but it was never where I thought, oh, he's competitive in this fight. No, he wasn't competitive in this fight. He held. He was able to withstand the punches because he's a big, humongous, he's a big, humongous man compared to Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather was a little bit older. And I think that played a factor. But these things are all lessons because it's at its simplest form. We just got to own up what the result was. 
I think Jay Paul goes any further in this fight. I mean, any further in boxing, he's going to get knocked out. Now, Tommy Fury fought in the card, and he didn't look good. And he fought against a guy that he should have really looked good against. He was put in there to look good against. And the amount they're paying him um, to be on the undercard was to set up him and Jake Paul. And it doesn't... And it wasn't the fight that they needed it to be where he just, you know, destroys... Um, you, you hear Atticus, as always. As per usual, you will hear Atticus in the background. Um, it, it, where he just destroys his opponent to set up the him and Jake Paul. He didn't look that. He didn't look... He didn't look really very impressive. He looked more like a celebrity fighter than I've ever seen him. But I will say that's the worst I've seen him look. And that he's looked better than that in previous fights. And none of those, the nerves, or I don't know if just the, you know, fighting in front of a crowd like that or in the States for the first time. I don't know what it was. But he didn't look great. But I still think that fight's still sellable. And I still would favor him to beat Jake Paul because I don't think Jake, I think Jake Paul goes any notch above what Woodley is, what an MMA guy is, and just a guy that's just comfortable, you know, trading in the ring and comfortable boxing. He's going to get beat. His legs are very sloppy. He's not very gifted at this. I, I, I hate to inform you, and I, I know that um, the casual fan may not see it like that, but he's not very gifted at this sport. And he fights a guy that is truly comfortable fighting, and he's comfortable in that ring. He's gonna put it on him, and as soon as someone just backs him up and uh, allows him to move over the place like he did, and he and you just let him move around the ring, and you just put keep your guard up, and he's gonna lunge forward. is pretty predictable when he comes forward. His right hand going backwards isn't very effective. You could, just, you could march him down. And I imagine that Tommy Fury would do that. I think that that's the next fight to make. It's the most logical step. I think Showtime signed or Tommy Fury to make that fight. I imagine Jake Paul... You know, Jake... I, the things he said after, I think he, he realized that it's... Uh, I think that, you know, he's not a... He's not a um, 100% committed to this, right? He's committed to when you're knocking people out. Yeah, it's, sure, it's fun. But when you when you're getting really hit and you you really got to be in the fight, and I thought he did a shoulder everything that he, he he takes his sport seriously, and I thought that he earned a lot of respect, especially because he took a shot and clearly got rocked a little bit, and and still really performed and did what he needed to do to get the win. I just think that that's going to deter him from really moving forward with this. I think that maybe he'll have one more fight, maybe you know two more, depending on the result with him and Tommy Fury, which Tommy Fury is. I'm telling you, he looked like a celebrity. Like I say, he looked like a celebrity boxer himself. That's the worst I've ever seen him look. But I would pick him to beat Jake Paul. But we have to be honest with what we saw, and I'm going to be honest with you. And I think that Ty- uh, Tyron Woodley was afraid to. He was afraid to take the chances to win this fight, and that's just the truth of it. Now, I already talked to you about the Serrano fight. Um, she looked good. She's in a good spot. Um, she got her best payday, and that was thanks to Jake Paul, right, who really kicked down money to the undercard. Uh, really, you know, man of his word when he was speaking about, you know, fighters pay. And Serrano, who has been hungry for that limelight been hungry to get the recognition she deserves especially for the skill level that she is even fighting mma fights just to get opportunities gets in front of a camera somewhere so people could see her skill i thought she really got it and it was the perfect matchmaking 
for that fight. It was the perfect way that fight plays out where it's like a tough opponent that she is superior to and she's able to show her skills over a long time because the person doesn't isn't in there to give in. She's not there to give in on the fight. And Mercado, who is a nurse and is a, you know is a, is a full time nurse and um, and a full time fighter at that point, right? If you get to this level and the, the stamina she has and the ability she has to fight, then you're a full time fighter as well. She really showed a lot of heart and she showed a lot of effort, and I thought it was just beautiful matchmaking. And I thought there was a good opportunity for Mercado, and it really showed Amanda Serrano how high level skill she is, and hopefully she can get that Katie Taylor fight to really just take bo- women's boxing, which I think is on the cusp of going to that next level, right? Going to that, the next place. That's like the, where boxing could have its most growth is women's boxing. I think Man- Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor can really take it there. I think the zone would be very foolish to not put all the money in to make that fight. I think that the zone right now having a hard time in the U S market, right? To find its niche, to have an, um, doing pretty good globally is, uh, you know, going after Mexico now, going after all these other countries, why not attack women's boxing? And if you have Katie Taylor, who's one of the best, and you have a menace around who wants to fight her, I don't see why, why wouldn't you, why would you pass up on that opportunity to make that fight? Especially after, you know, the card that she was just on. The best fight of the night, and the fight I chose was going to be the best fight of the night, was Montana Love versus Ivan Brancic. And Brancic coming off a big uh, knockout loss in the fight of the year. And I told you that, you know, we're going to see what damage that knockout loss did to them. But I didn't I, I didn't walk away from this thinking it was because of the knockout loss that he lost his fight. I didn't walk away from this. I thought it was because Montana loves skill. And exactly how the fight, once again, I told you it was going to play out. It kind of played out that. I think Montana Love had a lot better movement than I, or was at least came in with the game plan of moving more than I thought he was. I thought he was more going to try to you know control the center of the ring and just make... Ivan miss from right in front of him with his upper body movement. He didn't. He, he he got around him. He got around his lead leg and never really let Ivan get in position to build momentum going forward. And he hit him with some pretty big shots when he tried to go forward. Ivan did land and did hurt Montana Love at moments, which I told you what would happen. But Montana Love showed me everything I needed to see for this guy to be ready to go to the next level in that 147-pound division. And Brainjack, who is a good fighter, now he's never going to be the top guy because he has too many holes in his game. He did put up a credible performance in this fight. Like he he was aggressive. He did land at times. He just was facing a better man, also a bigger man. And I'm not sure there's a knockout to him. They're like, oh, you know, he can't take a punch anymore. I don't know if it was that. I think you're facing a bigger man. He's trying to find a weight that makes sense for him. He just got knocked out 140. He doesn't like that cut anymore. And he went and fought a really tough guy. His first fight at 147, I'm sure, was a good opportunity for him, good payday. And that's good. But people are saying, yeah, he needs to retire and all that. Sure, two knockout losses, I think, you know, definitely have to think about it. But I'm not sure that's why he lost this fight. I think he lost this fight because Montana Love was so good. And I think that when you... When you have a fight like this and it's competitive and Ivan looks good, I don't think that I think you do a disservice to Montana Love to say, well, that guy was shot from the last knockout. I don't I think it's a disservice. I think Montana Love just was the better fighter and he was just put himself in better positions to win this fight than Ivan did. And that's just the truth of it. And Ivan fell in 
and came in wild some at times. It came in straightforward, and Montana loved count, uh, made easy work of it and pinpoint shots. Made pinpoint shots when he needed to, and when he landed the big shot, he got the finish. Montana Love is a very talented fighter in a, in a very talented division. And it doesn't seem like we can stop pulling out talented fighters out of this division. They just keep coming out of nowhere. Montana Love add them to the list. And, and we're, it's almost impossible for Showtime and PBC not to make good fights at that weight class. It really is. You could get any guys from all their top 10 guys they have. You could get any one of those guys putting against against each other. It's an interesting, high-level, skilled fight. And like I said, add Montana Love to the list. And I can't wait to see where they go next with him. Like I said, Tommy Fury fought in the card. He didn't do what he needed to do to win that fight. I mean, to not to win fight, to, to win over the fans and and build the excitement and the imagination, create the imagination in the fans of him and Jake Paul. Now, Jake Paul's probably at the point where he, you could just sell that fight off Jake Paul's name and the, the fact that he's fighting like a somewhat legit boxer. That fight will sell. So I don't really know what they needed Tyson, uh, Tommy Fury to do. He's got the look. He can talk. He's got some skills. He's a he's a credible, more credible boxer than anyone that Jake Paul's fought. And it's by 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 a long shot, by far. The fight still sells. I imagine it happens next. I don't think you could go to another MMA guy unless you're going to bring um, Masvidal, Connor, or Nate or Nick Diaz. I don't know who else you can bring that would make it interesting. Like, it would really take some star power from the UFC. And I don't believe you're, that any of them are going to be available anytime soon. I think Tommy Fury is the guy. I think Tommy Fury is the one that will beat Jake Paul. I said that from the beginning when I heard that there was rumors of this fight. And I think that would be the end of this. Jake Paul will lose if he keeps fighting. He will. If he keeps fighting and upping the level of competition, he will lose. I think Tom Fury could do that. He just did not look good in that fight, in a fight that he should have got the stoppage. Daniel Dubois also fought on the card, looked very impressive. It was a fight for him to look very impressive, but he did exactly what he needed to do. So we can't, you know, you put a guy in there to look impressive. He does look impressive. You got to give that credit because there's, like I said, the Tommy Fury situation where you put him in to look impressive and he doesn't. So you got to get credit when the guy does and he does what he's supposed to do. And if you're going to make an undercard fight, the Daniel Dubois is the, definitely the direction to go. Where get him an impressive win. If it's going to be a, 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 you know, a stay busy fight, a tune-up fight, uh, you know, get this person in front of people's uh, eyeballs fight, that's the way to go. Get him a guy that he could t- completely take out of there. Because that's the impression he leaves on you. And now Daniel Dubois' stock has really skyrocketed from that one fight. It really has. Because a lot of people don't know him, and they didn't know that he lost to, to uh, Joe Joyce, right? They didn't see that performance. And how good is Joe Joyce, too, though, right? That Joe Joyce beat that guy, because that guy looked like a world beater. He looked like a guy that, you know, you would be very excited as wa- watching him. If you didn't know, which I imagine most fans didn't, see the Joe Joyce fight, and they just saw that, they were like, well, that guy looks like something different. He looks like something special. Let's go to the UFC card, which happened the day before on Saturday. And it was Edison Barbosa versus Giga Chizeki. And um, Giga length 
played a big factor in this fight. But Edison Barbosa was able to push him back. Like, Edison Barbosa was able to put more pressure than I thought he'd be able to do. But then it goes back to the flaws that Edison has. And he doesn't have any defense. And when he comes forward, he's not giving you different looks. He's kind of just, like, coming forward. And he's kind of coming with the same shots. And he's kind of just... I see what's happening. It's like looking at a video game and there's those old Atari games where they have like a pattern and the pattern never switches. And if you see it enough, you just know where the pattern is going to be. And a guy like Giga, he's too talented of a striker to give him that pattern. And once he sees it, he's going to know what to do with it. And Edison got himself in the situation, in the some uh, positions to be successful but Giga was able to survive the fire. And that's a the important test. And it's really, I was thinking about Edson Barbosa. It's like really just the lack of defense, a lack of responsible defense that's just held him from that next level because he's offensively as, as, as talented as really anyone. But when you match fire with fire all the time, your record's going to start. It's never going to be 100%. It's never going to be I'm undefeated matching fire with fire. It just isn't. It's never happened for anyone. Even Manny Pacquiao. Like, if you look at Pacquiao versus Marquez, Pacquiao wins the majority of those fights. But even that style got him knocked out in one of those fights. Because your guy like Marquez has just seen that too many times. He's going to land. He's going to eventually start landing. And that's what Barbosa is doing. He's just giving you that look too many times. And guys are going to start landing. And a guy like Giga, who's special, is going to land. And I told you he would do it with the punches. And he did do it with the punches. And once he had him hurt, he got the finish. And now, you know, he, you're going to move him on to the top 10, which he was. That was a top 10 fight. Now you can fight anyone in the top 10. He called out Max Holloway's. I guess the right move, call it the biggest name. I don't think he's going to get that fight. But there's plenty of good names to, for him to fight in that weight division. And Barbosa has too many losses for me like this that I, I don't know if I want to see him keep fighting. I'm sure he will keep fighting. And I wouldn't even be surprised if he goes on another little winning streak. He's a very talented fighter. It's just when he gets to this certain level... Uh, the guy sees this, the, what he's doing too many times. You can't do that. It's, it's there. People are able to read this too quickly now. And Barbosa, who deserves all credit because he's went through generations of fighting and eras of fighting. Right, he's been fighting for a while and is, has won in pretty much every era that he's fought in. But the the level is really high now, and when you and those styles like that are going to get him really hurt. With the, the top, top guys in the weight division in the UFC. It was interesting night of fights, as always. You know, lessons to be learned. And now the possibilities. That's the things like with fighting, it's like it doesn't stop, right? Like the Jake Paul thing doesn't stop. It just opens up more possibilities now. The Tyron Woodley, does he end up in, you know, some bare knuckle fighting? Or could you put him in with Tommy Fury? If you got to wait for Jake Paul, why not put Tyron Woodley in with, uh, with Tommy Fury? Right? If he, if he had his moments in there, right? And if people feel like he could still make something interesting, him versus Tommy Fury isn't a bad option. 
it's all going to be depending on really how Showtime just chooses to match this up. But I think you could do some stuff. And I think you could get a, a, a filler fight with two Jake Paul opponents before Jake Paul meets him. And that would give Tommy Fury a chance to really, you know, build some buzz. And you're promising him two fights anyways. Might as well get, you know, get him that fight and tell him that, you know, he's going to sign to fight Jake Paul. And if he loses, right, which I don't think he would, but if he lost to somehow to Tyron Woodley, then hell, maybe you can make that fight. And people would be like, okay, Tyron Woodley got the hang of this. It's always going to sell. It's always going to sell somewhat. The possibilities are always endless after fights, and that's why I like them. It's unlimited. The possibilities are unlimited. It just keeps going and turning into something else and another storyline. Thank you guys for listening. It's been the Ezra Podcast.